Yeah, go get ready. Come on. Go get your shoes. Come on. Go put your vest on. Come on. Come on. As a matter of fact, go get all your stuff. Come on! That's right. What you saying? This ain't worked out. You better go get your head. Come on! And here's the reason He saw me up there all alone So for my sin he did atone He purchased me, I'm not my own I want to please him Hello out there, Radio World This is uh, Pastor Derek Steele And you're on Faith Street with Derek Steele And we're delighted to have you join us today We have a special, uh, very powerful program lined up for you today Um we're going to have as a special guest later on on this program, Shan Pompey of Refuge House. And we are delighted to come to you and share with you. Uh, this is National Domestic Violence Month, as well as National Substance Abuse Prevention Month. And so we're going to talk a little bit about both. I have a short teaching to continue in my lesson that I began last week uh, from my series, Proclaiming Liberty. And this is chapter two of that. And we're going to talk about grace and faith. Last week, we talked about addiction and sin, but we're going to talk about grace and faith today. So get your shoes on. Let's go. Uh, ride with me on Faith Street. Millions of Americans suffer from substance abuse, which includes underage drinking, alcohol dependency, non-medical use of prescription drugs, abuse of over-the-counter medications, and illicit drug use. Uh, young Americans aged 12 to 20 account for 11% of the country's monthly alcohol consumption. Approximately 23 million people aged 12 or older used illicit drugs in 2010. And there are many prevention strategies targeting the root of the problem, and that's essential to curb drug use and help people lead healthier lives. But we want to talk about it from a biblical perspective. We want to bring to light and to bear uh, the word of God uh, on this issue. And so join us as we talk today about grace and faith. We want you to turn your attention to this scripture in Ephesians. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Notice this scripture. It starts off. It says, for by grace are ye saved. It's the grace of God. Somebody ought to just say, thank you for your grace, Lord, because grace is covering us in everything we do. Grace goes out to the sinner and it goes out to the saint. There's increasing grace as we continue to walk with God. Oftentimes people turn away from grace, but we want to encourage you to embrace the grace of God. And this scripture says we're saved through faith, by grace, saved through faith. And that's what we need. We need to be saved. Everyone needs to be saved. I don't care what your situation is, what your circumstance is. Jesus will save you. And you know what Jesus did oftentimes? He would save the blind man from his blindness. He would save the leper from his leprosy. He didn't ask them to believe that he was the savior or that he was, he just would save them. Amen. And, and they had faith that he could do it. 
And then he would educate them. They would become more and more educated on who he was and what he was all about. He's the savior. He'll save you from sickness. He'll save you from a headache. He'll save you from, from, uh, dissension, uh, distress, depression. He'll save you from whatever it is, addiction. He's the savior. And it says we're saved through faith. The first thing is to believe that he can do it. Amen. Believe that he can do it. Jesus presents himself. And says, do you believe I can do it? Amen. And so uh, this scripture says that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So this whole idea of grace uh, lets us know that we're receiving of the Lord something that we cannot earn, something that we cannot buy. The blessed truth of the gospel is that it is God's gift to man. That's what gra- grace is a gift. The gospel is a gift. Jesus is God's gift to us. Amen. Um, I always talk about it. I say it's the marvelous, magnificent, majestic, magnanimous, mo better gift. Jesus is that gift. Amen. I, I preach a message called unwrapping the gifts. One of my Christmas messages it says unwrapping the gift. And then I add the S for plural because Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. The more you get to know him. You're unwrapping another level of who God is. Amen. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know who God is. The gospel is that what is the gospel is the good news. What's the good news? Jesus. Amen. The good news is that Jesus uh, provides all our needs. First of all, he has provided access to the father through his sacrifice on the cross. He's atoned for our sins. He's paid the penalty for our sins. And through his continued uh, everlasting finished work, uh, we are are, uh, to understand that we have been set free from the penalty of sin. We're, we're, uh, we have given, been given victory over the power of sin, and we ultimately will be free from the very presence of sin. It is the complete work of Jesus Christ. Um, none of us worked some great work to produce this, to construct it, to earn it. We didn't even come, with the, come up with the idea of salvation. God already had it worked out before the foundation of the world. But in God's wisdom, he knew that the key factor would be our faith. This is where grace first plays a role. First is grace, the ability, the opportunity, the open door. The uh, invitation is the grace, amen. Grace, the invitation is empowered, amen. Uh, Grace is first the invitation, then it's the ability. The ability to do because the invitation has opened up the way. And second is faith. So grace first, and second faith, grace, grace, somebody say grace. You ought to just say grace where you are. Grace is not just the blessing over your food at dinner time, but grace, hallelujah, provided the food. Grace uh, provided the ability to digest the food. Grace opened up the door that you got up that morning. Amen. Grace is everywhere. It's all over. And the wonderful thing about grace is that grace is extended to everyone on some level. Or If you're alive today, there's grace in your life. There's opportunity. The scripture says in John 1, 16 through 17 about Jesus, it says, and of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Defining the Hebrew from the word C-H-E-N, chen, 
as graciousness or favor. And in the Greek, it comes from the word charis, a word from which we get the word charisma. And it implies graciousness as it is realized by the influence of God upon the human heart. God's grace seeks us out. We didn't seek God. God's grace found us. It's God's grace that woos us and calls us. It is his grace that convicts our hearts to repentance. It is his grace that is long-suffering and, and that is with us even now. It is God's grace that stirs up or builds up our faith. So in manifestation, grace does a threefold work in our lives. Grace draws us, leads us to salvation. Romans 2, 4 says the goodness of God leads us to repentance. God's grace receives us. It receives and forgives our wretchedness, Ephesians 2, 8. Grace keeps us. It transforms us, abides with us, and empowers us to fulfill our calling in life. Romans 5, 17. Grace is God's goodness manifested in his patience and his help. Amen. Grace is the goodness of God manifested in his patience. He's patient with us. The greatest teachers you know are going to be those who are patient with you. He's the greatest teacher. He's patient and he gives us his help. I heard someone, uh, I think it was Javen Campbell on the PTL show he was hosting the other night. He said, healing starts with grace. Amen. Healing starts with grace. Jesus healed people. He said, what is it you want? He didn't ask him, what is it you believe? He said, what is you want of me? Oh, that, that, that I would receive my sight, the blind man said. He said, so you have it. And Jesus immediately began to heal them. Amen. And, and this is the grace that goes out and just goes out and begins to heal. That's why when we're evangelizing, uh, we really need to make sure that the people we're evangelizing understand that we love them and that there's grace for them, that there, there's an open invitation to them. Not that we, not that we condemn them or anything of that nature. Grace. Hallelujah. I love grace. Uh, I love the scripture in uh, in Second uh, Corinthians uh, 3 and 9. It says, uh, and he is able to make all grace abound towards us that that we have an all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. Hallelujah. And then there's faith. Faith. Faith causes grace to expand. Faith causes grace to come alive. Faith causes grace to manifest in fullness and become tangible before us. The Greek word for faith is pisteo, which means to have faith in, upon, or with respect to a person or thing. Credit by implication to entrust, especially one's spiritual well-being to Christ. To believe, commit to trust, put in trust with. To paraphrase it into easy practical language, it means to have total and complete trust in God and his word. Uh, we we referred to uh, the 11th chapter of Hebrews uh, earlier, and it's called the Hall of Fame of Faith there as it talks about many of the patriarchs who uh, overcame uh, and gained a good report, it says, through faith. And it describes and exemplifies what faith is and what faith can do. Uh, Hebrews 11 one says, now faith is 
the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. But but notice it starts up. It says now faith because faith is always now. Faith is right now. Faith is not going to be was. No, faith is now. Faith is faith is our life is is now I'm taking a step. Amen. Now I'm moving forward. Amen. Now I'm trusting and now I'm resting. Now I believe right now. I believe. Amen. Right now I have. Jesus said, if you believe you have it. When you pray, then you already have it. Amen. Hallelujah. You will have it because you believe that you have it. Chapter 11, verse 5 of of Hebrews says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Wouldn't that be a great testimony for you if you were able to say, you know what? I know I pleased God. Hallelujah. But without faith, it goes on to say, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. Have you been rewarded? Have you pleased God? God is a reward of them that that please him. Oh, I believe I've been rewarded. I've been, it's a reward every day to get up in the morning. My wife, I think it's some kind of reward in my life. Amen. My son to me is a reward in my life to see the goodness of God in their life, to see my son, uh, uh, in the church. Uh, worshiping the, that's a blessing to me. That's a reward. That's greater than any money you could give me. Amen. Hallelujah. God's been good to me. And I know he's been good to you. Uh, if you have faith in God, then you're going to see manifestations of his goodness prop up here and there. And the grace of God become more and more expanded in your life because he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And, and the more faith you have, the more you seek him. Hallelujah. So what must we believe? We must believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of the diligent seeker. Now, I know you're thinking, well, I know you said you're going to be talking about addiction recovery. Well, grace and faith is going to help the addicted. Amen. Grace and faith is what helps us out of any hole, any situation, any problem, any malady, any sickness. It doesn't matter what it is. It's grace. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I said it's grace. And it's faith. That's what we that's what we're operating in It's his grace and his faith given to us. And then we in turn give our faith back to him and more grace is expounded and and expanded in our life. I always I often talk about three levels of grace that there's elementary grace, there's reciprocal grace where you're working with God. And then there's abundant grace where you're standing in strength with God. You start off weak in elementary, then you grow and begin to work with God and listen and learn. And then uh, the abundant grace is where you're operating in authority. You're operating with full confidence that God is with you. This is where we want to be. This is where we want to lift people who are uh, despondent, people who feel like there's no hope, people who feel like, you know, I don't know if I ever get off drugs. I don't know if I ever quit going to jail. I don't know if I ever be able to to live a normal, so-called normal life of, of productivity. And, and be a blessing to my family. Well, uh, you will if you embrace this truth about grace and faith. Amen. Bible says Jesus was full of grace and truth. Amen. Notice it's faith, not works that pleases God. Amen. It's just believe in him. Just trust him. So it has to do with God's ability, not our own. 
Scripture further teaches us that we are to live our lives by faith. And we we touched on this when we opened this, uh, when we did our first program talking about faith. Uh, the just shall live by faith. Then again, Paul explains it this way in Romans 1, 16 and 17. He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. In the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. See, that's that's what happens. The grace of God it gives us ground, gives us good ground that our faith can grow in. Amen. Uh, that's an analogy. Our faith, we, they're, they're seeds of faith. And the word is uh, pro- provides seeds of faith for us. And, and that faith grows as we continue to operate in. It. And so it takes us from faith to faith. Amen. You have faith for the headache. Now you got faith for the other thing, amen. You had faith for the job. Now you got faith for the promotion, amen. You, you've got faith for your life. You've got faith for your son's life and for your wife's life. For you have faith to to pray for other people. Your faith grows, and you become a conduit of God's love, His goodness, and His grace. As we look at the big picture, what God wants us to know is that He has extended grace sufficient for our every need, and that it is easily accessed through faith. So as we grow in faith, we will also grow in the manifold levels of grace that we can experience. Faith can be measured. Therefore, we need to be doing all we can to build our faith. Jesus said a little faith like a grain of a mustard seed would move mountains. So apparently many people don't have mustard seed faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we've really got to move. He didn't say stay at mustard seed faith. He he wants us to keep that that faith growing. Eventually, you have a uh, grapefruit seed faith. Come on, somebody. Eventually, you have a, a um, faith as big as a peach. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We want to grow. Faith is the paramount concern of Christ with mankind, and is the central issue when it comes to man's destiny. You know, one of the things Jesus said, when the son of man comes again, would he find faith in the earth? The Bible says that faith pleases God. He delights in it. Jesus asked his disciples, where is your faith? In Luke 8, 25. And again, he says, how is it that ye have no faith? In Mark 4, 4, again, he said, oh, ye of little faith. In Matthew 6.30. So faith can be measured. We want to, we want, we need to be in the gym in the morning, amen. We need to be building up our faith, amen. And one of the things that uh that is so uh key to building our faith is getting the word in and putting the word out, amen. Getting the word in our heart and then proclaiming it out. That's why I call this series Proclaiming Liberty. And if you note that uh when Jesus began his ministry, he uh, he opened up with the scripture he found from Isaiah and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Then again, he says to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight and preaching also recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. And the third time he says to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I, I don't know. A lot of people say, well, you know, I ain't called to be a preacher. Yeah, well, I, I, I beg to differ with you right now. Everyone's called to proclaim, to preach your truth. Uh, uh, Paul talks about in he, the profession of our faith. We've got to pro- 
profess, declare. Uh, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. There's some things we need to be saying. We need to be saying so we can hear it, so we can know it, so we can believe it, so we can walk in it. Some of my daily confessions I want to share with you. Uh, one says, in Christ, I'm, this is something I say on a, on a regular basis. In Christ, I am an anointed and powerful person of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus and more than a conqueror. And you, you'll find that's a combined truth. Those are combined verses that brings out the truth of 1 John 2.27. And it also brings out the truth of Acts 1 and 8. And then it includes uh, Romans 8.17 and Romans 8.37. I mean 39. These are truths that that you need to be declaring. We need to be declaring truths. Amen. And and we don't need to declare it so arrogantly. If, if you're uh, dealing with drug addiction, you need to be listening to your counselors. You need to be probably perhaps in a program in some kind of group. Uh, but you need to be doing all you can to be set free. And most importantly, you need to be embracing grace and faith. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a product of the 12 steps and, and we'll talk more about that. But uh, confession is key and vital. Uh, proclaiming truth. Another one I, I proclaim is I am a doer of the word of God and a channel of for his blessing. If God be for me, who can be against me? Another one. I am blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. My enemies are fleeing before me. These are things we've, we've got to hold on to and grab a hold to. Uh, and we're going to talk more about proclaiming the proclamation. So how can we grow in faith and thereby operate in more grace? Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Somebody say hearing and hearing. Tell yourself, say I'm hearing and I'm hearing by God's word. So that's the way it happens. Uh, the word becomes central in principle. According to scripture, the word is the element of hearing. And the vehicle through which we hear more. So what are we hearing when we hear the word? We hear God's voice. We hear God's heart. We hear God's purpose. We hear mysteries revealed. There's some things you can't know, can't understand, can't learn unless you walk with Jesus and he illuminates your heart and mind to these truths. Amen. Uh, he said, uh, if you just do the doctrine that you know, then you'll know more. Amen. If you do what... What I, you know to do, then you'll know more. In essence, as we continue hearing, our faith is strengthened and grows. As our faith grows, we're able to believe God for more and more in our lives. More knowledge of God's will and word will produce more faith in our life. So I want you to, want you to be encouraged to grab hold of confessions. Um, these confessions I shared with you, you need to declare this. In Christ, I am an anointed and powerful person of God. I am a joint heir with Jesus and more than a conqueror. Secondly, I'm a doer of the word of God and a channel for his blessing. If God be for me, who can be against me? That's enough right now. But I, I want you to understand that, that uh, you ought to just confess Christ. Call on the name of Jesus. Ask him to come into your life and then begin declaring these truths. Because if you're not saved, if you're not connected, then these these truths won't be true for you. Amen. You've got to actually uh, receive Christ and then proclaim the things that he's promised through confession. And we're going to give you more confession and more proclamation as we continue on. God bless you for today. So glad you were able to join us here on Faith Street. Uh, 
Say this prayer with me if you want to be saved today. Uh, we don't want anyone to leave uh, the program and not be saved if that's on your heart. Amen. Say this prayer. Father God, I believe in you and I receive your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on Calvary's cross, paid the penalty for my sin. And Lord, I ask you forgive me now and receive me as yours. And Lord Jesus, I thank you. I ask that you write my name in your book of life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Use me to your glory. Change me, mold me, make me into your very image. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. And if you pray that prayer, then you too are saved. And you grab hold of confessions. Get the word and, and make a confession out of every promise you find in there and make it yours. Okay? Uh, I hope you have enjoyed this teaching today. It's been a delight and a joy. Stay tuned for we have a special guest coming up in just one moment. Miss Shan Pompey of the Refuge House is going to share with us uh, concerning domestic violence. And so stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from one of our sponsors. Hello, I am Bagler B.T. Thompson, owner of B.T. Performance Unlimited Paint and Body Shop and Auto Repair. We want to thank you for 25 years of service in the area. We offer free diagnostics and free estimates. Insurance and walk-ins are welcome. We can make your vehicle look and run like new. We are located in the Airport Industrial Center. Call us at 575-6262. That's 575-6262. All right, a big thanks to my good friend Beigler Thompson and BT Performance. And right now we want to welcome our special guest, Miss Shan Pompey of the Refuge House. Thank you, Pastor Steele. Thank you for having me on here. Yes, and uh, we know that domestic violence is a very uh, prevalent and, and terrible blight on our society today. Yes. And, uh, has tragic consequences often. And so we're so glad to have you with us uh, to share with us uh, this month for domestic violence. I want to ask you a couple of questions mm -hmm. and, and get some insight as to um, how this affects our life. Just what is domestic violence for those who are listening who may not understand exactly what we're saying? We want to pinpoint it. Yeah, so um, again, I like to explain things in very simple terms so that people can just kind of uh, figure out whether or not they themselves or someone that they know may be experiencing it. Um, domestic violence, first and foremost, you know, many people think it to be something physical when someone hits you or someone pushes you or, you know, um, though that is a sign of physical abuse, um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's so much more than that. It can be when someone is financially abusing you. Maybe you're going to work and they're taking your paycheck or they are refusing, you know, to pay for certain things and they're actually putting all of that load onto you. It can be... Um, um, a form of control to where um, they're using their male privilege um, in the relationship, meaning that you as a, a female um, are required to do the cooking, the cleaning and, and do everything within the household or make sure that you're the person that is designated to take take care of the children. Um, so that's using their their male privilege. Um, it can be, you know, anything um, 
um, emotionally, meaning that they're using intimidation against you. They're using their name calling. They're um, putting you down. They're making you think um, that you're you're doing something and you're not, meaning always saying that you're cheating or you're, you know, sleeping around or sneaking around on them, those types of things. Right. Okay. Well, now I want to ask you this. I know that uh, uh, probably 90% or more of the times domestic violence is perpetrated by the male. Um, But it is a gender based violence. But sometimes Mm -hmm. there, there are those rare occasions where the female is the perpetrator. Yes. And, and, and again, with Refuge House, we're doing more um, with our service to make sure that we are reaching male survivors, mm-hmm. male victims, mm-hmm. um, to let them know that our services are available, you know, for them as well. Our services are available for anyone who experienced um, forms of violence against their person. So it's not just females. We just kind of use the word female a lot because right. it is a gender based violence. But but we do offer services, you know, for males as well. Absolutely. Another question. How prevalent is domestic violence in our society today? Yes. So, um, again, here again, I'm going to use a female statistic. Mm -hmm. So one in four females will experience some form of domestic violence in their lifetime. So that's that's pretty, pretty high. And it happens at a rate of of every two seconds. Mm -hmm. Someone experiences domestic violence. Right. Right. What causes a person to has there been some psychological Analysis determining mm-hmm. why a person becomes a perpetrator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, I a quick and fast short answer to that would be that um, a perpetrator um, tries to use power and control against a person. It's about having that power and control over someone else that dominates over someone else. So a lot of people tend to think that, oh, it starts when, you know, maybe they lose their job or maybe, you know, they they get on drugs. They have some substance abuse issues or maybe it's because they have some mental health issues. So you're Um, saying that those may be triggers. Those can be triggers, Mm -hmm. but the root of it is going to be based in whether or not someone wants to exert that power and control over an individual and And the other things just kind of exacerbate that heightens it right and it is also possible that this is something that's kind of been passed on as well something that they have witnessed they have experienced themselves it is often said that uh, people who hurt people are hurt people and yes, and I, you know, I can um, certainly agree and identify with that statement because we do what we do know is that uh, there's a 50 percent chance for abusers to, that have witnessed or experienced or lived, you know, forms of abuse in some way that they will actually um, perpetrate on someone else in their in their adult livelihood. Right. Well, now someone say. uh Someone is involved in and they're the victim of domestic abuse. And I know that's what you all do. What Mm -hmm. counsel do you give to the victims uh, once it is determined that they're they're involved in this and they're caught up in the Web? Uh, What is your main Mm -hmm. counsel? Yes. So um, what 
I think what I would like to share is that um, all of our services are really rooted in empowerment based practices. Mm -hmm. And basically what that means is that it's it's a person's right to choose what they would like for, you know, for and within their life. So we have a lot of different services that are available. You know, one of the services, um, since you mentioned the word counsel, we actually do offer free counseling services for anyone that may fear or feel like they have experienced domestic violence at any point in their life. It can be an event that an incident that happened 20 years prior, Mm. but is showing up, you know, is manifesting right now in their life. And they may want some counseling or want to figure out how they can actually move and improve their quality of life. So that free counseling service um, is available for them. Um, One of the biggest things that we offer is our 24 hour crisis hotline. So that is something that never stops, that never closes. It's always a live trained advocate person at the other end of that phone. And so generally it's very simple and very easy to access. All a person has to do is pick up the phone and dial 681-2111 and just start sharing their story. So a person, you know, it will work like the person on the other end will say, crisis hotline, how may I help you? And then from that point, you know, it's okay if people, you know, um, have that awkward silence that happened and they don't know really how to share their story. Well, the advocate knows how to pick up on those cues and move forward because we realize that this can be one of the hardest things that that they're they're having to do. Get up, you know, call someone and share their most intimate, darkest secrets, you know, because it's not something that people are openly accepting of and and know how to move forward with. Amen. Yes. Well, another question. Mm-hmm. What counsel and what help is available for the perpetrator other than jail? <laughs> other than jail. Um, or along with jail sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, really um there, there are a lot of services. We, we don't uh, provide services for, for batterers. Um, so, but there are services like your BIP program, which is your batterers intervention program. Those services can be accessed through counseling services within the community, as well as with the court, the judicial system, either the courts or probation. Um, so there is some services that is available if someone truly wants to move forward and find help for themselves i wanted to ask you this Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know uh the answer but i'm just asking it throwing it out there what led you into this kind of work well good question because i've i've been here um almost going on 15 years now and um i it was definitely not something that I sought out, but I, I felt like it called to me. Mm. And um, in doing so, you know, I've always had this passion of wanting to be the voice for folks that are voiceless. Um, I felt like, you know, um, I have this big voice and I'm not afraid to use it. Um 
And so, again, this was just really the perfect platform uh, for me. One of the other things um, that I, I say, too, that led me to stay in this is is that I love empowering people. Amen. You know, I have, you know, been around long enough to see people uh, survive as well as thrive. Uh, within this, see this not defeat them, you know, see them actually live their life as they want to live their yes. life. And sometimes I have a small part in that. And that that brings me a lot of joy and happiness um, to be a part of that. You know, we we typically serve um, adults, but we have a residential uh, program as well, where people can actually come and stay if they want to leave the abusive situation. So within that program, uh, people bring their children. And so, you know, seeing families Mm kind of stay intact and move forward and seeing mothers actually rebond back with their children Mm -hmm. is such a beautiful Mm -hmm. uh, thing to witness. Amen. We're so (laughs) delighted to have you with us, uh, Shan. Um, Yeah, I know that most of us and maybe some of us don't, but most of us know someone or we may know someone and not realize that they're going through it. But Mm -hmm. I know I have known people who have been involved in domestic abuse over the years Mm -hmm. and even family members. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a terrible thing because you sometimes you don't understand why that person continues to uh, put themselves over and over again in the position to receive such abuse. Second, you know, again, I think in in our world, um, meaning refuge house world, it's um, it's a tough it's a that's a that's a tough question. I think many people ask that question or they have it kind of mm-hmm. looming in their minds as to, well, why does she say? But we don't ask the right question is why doesn't he leave mm-hmm. or why doesn't, you know, the abuse stop, the right. abuser stop abusing? Right. Again, it's just like you asking me to um, be a part of of something that I don't want to be a part of, but I'm vilified for being just present. And that's the same thing that happens for uh, for victims when they're in abusive situations. A lot of times it is so difficult for them to leave. One, it's the most scariest time for them to leave. Right. Because remember, I said it's rooted in power and control. Mm-hmm. So whenever an abuser feel like they are actually losing control, meaning she's leaving the situation, that is the most dangerous time for her as well as for the children. Wow. So. Yeah. So, um, again, it's very hard because abusers, they try to control everything. So she may not have any money. You know, I, I've worked with folks where, you know, their driver's license, the birth certificates, their visa, you know, um, visa cards, their immigration cards or whatever have been taken by their abuser just so that that control, control. can remain, you know, in, you know, by the batterer himself. Right. right. And so, um, again, <clears throat> It's just really, really hard. Uh, we we live in a community where there is very limited housing resources. 
You know, so again, if you had an abuser who controlled every aspect of your life, meaning, no, you cannot get a job. No, you cannot further your education so that you can be do better for yourself or do better for your children. No, I'm going to isolate you from all of your family members, including your mom, your dad, your siblings, um, your extended family members. I'm going to isolate you from your friends. So you're now on this island alone. Alone, And so you're expected to actually pick up the pieces and go get an apartment within our community. And we know we all know how expensive it is to move into a house or an apartment because you got to have, you know, first month's rent. You got to have a deposit and sometimes last month rent. So right there alone, that's a barrier. You know, and maybe also the the transportation, you know, may be an issue as well because they control the car. They control how you get around. So how is that person going to get from the point where they're living in an abusive situation to a safe place? Right. You know, so that can be just some some real big <laughs> challenges for folks. Well, I want to ask you, how can we as a church, as a community, as family members, what can we do? What can the church do to help uh, support the move to empower victims of domestic abuse? Well, first, you know, um, I, I would say to that is be supportive of them. Listen to them. Again, I understand that many people may not understand. Uh, well, I keep telling her to leave or I keep telling her to do this or I keep telling her to do that. Well, that's really hard. And you may see her go back, come out, go back, come out. But again, Still support her, still be there to listen to her, you know, at very best, connect her with Refuge House Services with that crisis hotline, you know, something that can be the lifeline to someone's life being being saved. Um, because it, like I said, is very hard for people, you know, to leave. If someone has kind of been out of your life for uh, an extended period of time and now they're showing back up and y'all friendship or whatnot was, was severed because of the person that they were dating or intimate with, embrace them back. Support Amen. them Amen. by doing just that. Amen. Another instance uh, I just want to bring out a scenario is that sometimes domestic violence can exist not just between a spousal abuse, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's through siblings. Yes. Uh, it's through parents and children. Yes. I know a situation now between a mother and a daughter mm -hmm. that is a very abusive, manipulative kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, domestic violence, one, it happens to to any person. Nobody is exempt, uh, first and foremost. Secondly, you are right in terms of domestic violence is more than someone that may be in an intimate partner type of relationship, meaning marriage or a dating relationship. Um, it does exist, you know, with with mother and, you know, son or mother and daughter or daddy and, you know. Right. His sister or, you know, or even neighbors, you right. know, we we actually have a courthouse program uh, within our Leon County Courthouse. Um, and most people know it as our injunction office, which is mm -hmm. in room 164. 
And within that office, we see all types of domestic incidents where it's neighbors or whether it's, you know, mom and distant cousin or distant relative or whatnot. Right. Um, So, yes, it can be other than intimate partners. Wow. This has been very interesting. And um, I'm just so delighted that you're able to come and share with us. Absolutely. And um, we want to be as supportive as we can be. And we want the community to get involved and and do what they can be empowered to empower. And uh, we just want to pray a prayer over everyone that's been affected by domestic abuse right now. Father God, I just uh, I just lift up your name right now. I just thank you for Shan coming and sharing with us today. Lord, I pray that you would just allow these words to reach hearts and reach uh, the people that you have intended, oh Father God, and they would receive it. Father God, that they would move on it, oh Father God. Some need to reach out to Refuge House, oh Father God. Hallelujah. So that they can follow the path that you have for their healing and their deliverance, their protection, oh Father. Lord, we just pray a covering of protection. Oh, holy angels, go forth and 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 minister to the needs of these people who are victims. Oh Lord, you're our deliverer, you're the savior, and we believe you for it right now. And we pray that you empower Shan and her whole organization and uh and counterparts and comrades and colleagues to move mightily, Father God, and be empowered to continue the mission that you've given them and the calling that you've called them to, Lord. We thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And lastly, before we close this out, just share with us what you would like to see happen from this uh, radio program mm-hmm. and uh, for the future as we bring, uh, bring to light the issues of domestic violence. Yes. So again, like you mentioned, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, uh, but it happens all year round. Uh, What I would like to see, um, especially with this being a Christian based radio show, um, is for our faith community to open their doors so that we could come in and and educate the folks that that are um, being served um, in your church, because they it's it's very likely that they know someone Um, it can be a friend or a family member that may be experiencing domestic violence or even themselves and we want them to know where they can get free help um, from that they they don't have to continue to live in abuse Um, again we just want people to be safe and just know where they can go and get help Shan before you leave would you go ahead and just uh Uh, reiterate the contact information and how people can reach you all and get help. Okay, yes. Um, So Refuge House's crisis hotline number, um, they can reach at locally 850-681-2111. Or if they are anywhere within our Big Bend area, they can actually call the statewide hotline, which is 1-800-500-1111. One one nine. Thank you so much, Shan. God You're bless welcome. you. Thank you. Before I go, I want to say thank you to our our radio program sponsors, uh, the Dream Foundation, and Mr. Michael Dobson there for his graciousness and kindness towards us in supporting us, and also uh, the great Dr. Joseph Camps of the Advanced Urological Institute, and my own good friend, Pastor Avery McKnight, and the Powerhouse Church of God by Faith, uh, Mr. Scott Thornton and Apogee Science, uh, who at once I used to work for uh, when they owned the uh, 
uh, Prestige Cleaners. Also, Bishop Michael Moore and Powerhouse Church of God in Christ. Uh, I want to thank them for their gracious, kind support and over the years. He was my uh, childhood Boy Scout. Uh, he was he was our uh, our Boy Scout leader. Amen. And um, also, Miss Gail Milan, Mr. Charlie Elder. Uh, Mr. Tyrone Davis and Direct Auto Exchange, Attorney Harold Knowles, Pastors Richard and Andrea Letford, my great pastors and mentors and leaders whom I love so dearly. And I want to just thank everyone uh, uh, in Radio World who's been supportive of us and uh, Pastor R.B. Holmes, P- Pastor Robert Shelley, Pastor Mike Floyd, Pastor Ivy Williams, all who have been mentors and supporters of mine over the years and many others whom I haven't had a chance to name this time, uh, but you're on my heart. And so I just want to thank you for everything that you have done to support us over the years and to support this radio program. I also want to thank our good friend, uh, Mr. Beigler Thompson at BT Performance. Hello, I am Beigler BT Thompson, owner of BT Performance Unlimited Paint and Body Shop and Auto Repair. We want to thank you for 25 years of service in the area. We offer free diagnostics and free estimates. Insurance and walk-ins are welcome. We can make your vehicle look and run like new. We are located in the Airport Industrial Center, Call us at 575-6262. That's 575-6262. As we close out today, please remember 1 John 5 and 4, which says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is Derek Steele saying, So long out there. Don't stress. Be blessed. See you next week on Faith Street. You believe, huh?